Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, it's good to see you. I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. I want to welcome our online campus. And listen, if you're joining us for the first time, my name is Scott. And I just want to kind of fill you in where we've been since the beginning of the year. Uh, we usually teach in series. In other words, we'll pick a topic and then we'll talk about it for you know five to seven weeks. So we're in the middle of a series right now called Transform. And what we've been talking about are the things that God desires to transform in our lives, to change in our lives, so that we become more and more like Christ. And we've had a central verse we've used for this entire series found in the book of Romans. Uh, we'll always have our, our verses and our learnings on the side screens, but if you want them on your phone, uh, I know the online campus has them there on their screen, but if you want them on your phone, you can scan one of the QR codes on the side screens. But uh, this is what Romans 12, 2 says, and really the heart behind this series, do not conform to the patterns of this world. In other words, don't follow culture, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be changed, if you will, by the way you think about things. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that's what we want. We want to know what God's will is for our life. So if you're with us last week, we talked about how do we transform or change our view of money and how we handle money. And we learned that we should not see ourselves as the owner of anything right? We don't own anything. We're just the managers that were in that story that we looked at last week. God's the owner. We're just managing whatever he's given us, whatever blessings we have while we're here on this earth. And the best way to look at it is just look at it as a loan. Because when you're gone, God's going to loan it to somebody else, right? That way we don't get attached to it. We don't get, you know, fall in love with it. We don't completely rely on it. And then we talked about needing a plan, a financial plan. All of us, you know, no matter where you're at in life. And that financial plan is not just for our life on earth, but as Jesus talked about storing up treasure in heaven. And we offer financial peace here at the church. You know, we've got other resources. So if you need anything in that area, stop by the hub and tell them. So all of the talks in this series are on the website if you missed a couple or you want to catch up. So today I want to talk about something that we all have, that we all deal with on a regular basis, and that is our feelings and emotions. How do we transform the way that we handle what it is that we're feeling in life or the emotional state that we're in? Because often in life, we allow our feelings to direct us. And we're emotional beings, so we're never going to get away from having feelings. We're never going to get away from dealing with emotions. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this in Mark 12, verses 29 and 30. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. In other words, Jesus says, I don't want you just to kind of love me or just sort of love me, or love me when it's convenient. I want you to passionately love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. See, God desires 
an emotional relationship with us, right? Not just on the surface because God's an emotional God. God feels joy. God feels grief. God feels pain. God feels, you know, anger or or hatred towards sin. The only reason that you and I have feelings and have emotions is because God gave them to us, right? Because we were all created in the image of God. The difference, though, is God's emotions are rooted in his holy nature, and they're never expressed in a sinful way. Us, on the other hand, sometimes when we express what we're feeling, it's not always the right way, right? And that's why we have to learn to manage these things. Our emotions, our feelings, they play a critical role in our life, and they're necessary. That's what makes us human beings. So we have to learn how do we handle them correctly so that we don't maybe overreact to something that we're feeling. Now, what we, what we generally do is we go to one of two extremes, right? We either go over here to this extreme that says everything is about my feelings, right? We don't make a decision in life, you know, uh, unless it's based on our feelings. Whether it's right or wrong, you know, popular, unpopular, good or bad, what matters is what we're feeling at that given moment, and then that determines our actions, That determines the decision we make. That's one extreme. Everything about our life is simply based on our gut, what our feelings are telling us. The other extreme is some people completely lock out their emotions and lock out their feelings. What they feel has no relevance to to their actions. It has no relevance to the decisions they're going to make. Feelings are not important in a relationship, in a job, anything. It's all based on facts. So this is about, today's about trying to find a happy medium, somewhere in between, if you will, those two extremes. So regardless of where you find yourself on that spectrum, it's about coming, you know, dead center and trying to have a good balance between what we're feeling and what our minds are telling us. See, God gave us both a mind and feelings and emotions, and both of those things are important. Both of those things are important in determining the course of our life. So we have to use both. And when you're talking about feelings and emotions, you know, there's, there's a ton of places you can turn in the Scripture to help, but I think one of the best places to turn is the book of Psalms because the book of Psalms has every emotion, every feeling known to man. You know, they're all in there, the good ones, the bad ones, uh, the ugly ones. Most people think the book of Psalms is just praise and thanksgiving to God. And obviously, there's a, there's a lot of that in there. But a lot of the Psalms help us properly manage our feelings and properly manage our emotions. There's Psalms of anger. There's Psalms of uh, complaining. There's psalms of grief, there's psalms of, of sorrow, there's psalms of arguing, you know, with God. So today's about finding that happy medium and learning to, to properly handle what we're feeling. So, so why is this important? Why do we even care about being changed or transformed in the area of our feelings? And, and here's why, and it's learning number one, my feelings are often inaccurate. 
What we feel inside is often very unreliable. It's not, a lot of times it's not accurate. And if it's not accurate what we're feeling, and if we're making our decisions in life based on our feelings, we're going to go in the wrong direction. I mean, how many times have you gone out and done something, you thought, man, this is the right thing to do. I, I feel this in my gut. I feel it in my heart. This is what I'm feeling. And you make that decision, and you realize that it was totally wrong. And that's because our intuition a lot of times is flawed. And you, you, you can go back to the book of Jeremiah. We know that the heart is deceitful, right? Above all things, our heart is deceitful. And so we have to learn you know, that our feelings are not always real. Whatever, it's real to you at that moment, but it's not always accurate. Proverbs 14.2, or I'm sorry, Proverbs 14.12 says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. So our emotions, our feelings are not always reliable. They can be wrong. And often they are wrong. This verse says they can be dead wrong, right? And if we don't learn to control what it is we're feeling, then often those feelings will end up controlling us. Think about this. Marketing in our country is solely based on the fact that businesses know that you and I can't control our feelings and our emotions, right? How many times have you gone out and bought something and then a day later, two days later, you regretted it. And you don't have to raise your hands. It's all of us, right? We've done that. I think one of the best examples of this was during COVID. And, and listen, if you've got a pet, I'm not condemning pets or anything. I've got a dog. I love my dog. Uh, but during COVID, a lot of people went out and they got pets. They got a dog or a cat because they were home. And they're like, man, this is a great idea. It's going to you know, give me sense of purpose, and, you know, I'm going to have friendship, and, and all this, it's going to bring me joy in my life. But then they figured out quickly, these things are expensive, right? They need shots, and they need food, and they need regular checkups, and I, I you know, I got to take it outside all the time, and I've got all this work to do. And, and I tell you that because I read an article about two months ago, and I was at the vet this past week, and what happened is a lot of the people that got pets during COVID, they gave them back. They, they took them back to the pound or, or, or wherever. And that's, that's okay if you can't care for it, you know, take it back. But I say all that, a lot of feelings and emotion went into those decisions to get an animal, right? There wasn't a lot of logic going on in those moments. And if you, if you own a pet, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And we do this all the time. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's a house. Maybe, you know, it's switching jobs. Maybe it's going out and buying a whole new wardrobe, but we think, oh, this is, this is what my gut's telling me to do. This feels right. This is going to feel good. And then all of a sudden, we realize it was totally the wrong thing. Proverbs 25, verse 28, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. So again, we have to find that happy medium. We got to ask ourselves, hey, what is it that drives me in life? And often it's incorrect feelings that's driving us. And we don't want to be a person without self-control. This verse is saying that it, that's like being a defenseless city. You know, if you don't have any control over your feelings and acting on those feelings, you're going to be in trouble. And if you think about our enemy 
Satan, he will use our feelings. He will use our emotions against us. If you're feeling bitterness, resentment, jealousy, you know, envy, worry, anxiety, what all the, whatever, if you don't have a good grip on those things and be able to process them correctly, he'll use that against us, and it's a weakness. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So managing our feelings properly, maybe transforming the way we've handled them in the past is going to lead us to good success in our life. Good success while we're here, good success against the attacks of our enemy. Now think about somebody that may just strictly make all their decisions based on their feeling, and they get up in the morning and they say, you know what? I don't know what I feel like doing today. And then they end up not doing anything because they didn't feel like doing anything. They're not going to accomplish much, right? But if we properly manage what we're feeling, we're going to have great success and accomplish a lot in our lives. Proverbs 5.23 says, for lack of discipline, they will die, led astray by their own great folly. I mean, how many people do you know that destroyed their reputation or they lost their job or they lost a marriage or relationship because they lacked discipline in their life? In other words, they couldn't control those initial feelings and they made a bad decision. And the truth is, we see this all the time in our culture. Now, if you're a follower of Christ, and I know that's not everybody, a lot of you are different spots on the faith journey, just, you know, and that's fine. But if you are a follower of Christ, the Scripture says this to believers in 1 Peter 4, 2, as a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Well, what are human desires. It could be passion. It could be affection. It could be our feelings, our emotions. You know, we do anything and everything to get this certain feeling in our life and get this feeling that we desire. And here the scripture is saying, look, if you're following Christ, we got to get to a point that we allow Christ to dictate our life and direct our life instead of whatever it is we're feeling. Right? Instead of whatever we feel is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. So just know the things that we feel are not always accurate. Here's something else, learning number two. Before reacting, I need to identify what I'm feeling. Before we just express that feeling that comes up inside of us, we got to ask ourselves what it is that we're truly feeling. Right? We got to start to uh, pinpoint, if you will, what we're feeling. Because until we clearly identify what we're feeling, we can't manage it properly, right? We can't really deal with it. I'm sure you're like me, and there, there's been plenty of times in your life you're like, man, I, I just feel something. But you, can't, you couldn't identify what it was, right? You couldn't put your finger on it. I, I'm, I know I'm feeling this way, but I just don't know what it is. When you look at the Old Testament, King David felt like that. Psalm 55 verse 2. Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed 
by my troubles. In other words, hey, God, I'm confused. I I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't exactly what's happening here. I'm troubled. So if we're going to identify what we're feeling, we got to ask ourselves some questions. We got to dig deeper into uh, that feeling. Let's say you're feeling discouraged. Why are you feeling discouraged? Right? Okay, I feel discouraged. Why? Did somebody say something about the way you look? Did somebody at work say something about, you know, your performance? Did your, did your parents criticize you for something you did in your life? Did something come up from your past that you weren't expecting? But we have to go below the surface and say, why am I feeling this? Because until you, again, until you know specifically what it is, you can't decide if it's, if it's right or wrong. And then we can ask ourselves what triggered it, what brought it on. You know, was it somebody's words? Was it a place we were at? Or, or did something surface from our past? And the reason that we do this, clearly identify it and what triggered it or what caused it, is so then we can challenge it. And we can ask ourselves, you know, is this feeling even right? Knowing that our feelings are often inaccurate. Here's another question we can ask to identify what we're feeling. Uh, Learning number three, is what I'm feeling right now even true? That's part of the challenging it process. Is what I'm feeling right now even true? King David allowed God to challenge what he was feeling. And, And that's pretty smart. Isn't it? Because God knows us way better than we know ourselves. But, you know, hey, God, what brought this on? What is this that I'm feeling? Is this accurate? Is this real? Is this the way that I should be feeling? Psalm 26.2, put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart. He's saying, hey, God, test what I'm feeling. Test my motives, test my affections, test my emotions. I'm giving you permission, in other words, God, to challenge me on this. So we have to identify, and then we can just say, hey, God, is this, is this right? Is this what you want me to feel right now? Should I be feeling this anger or this resentment towards this other person? And then you can also talk to a friend, a friend you trust. Maybe it's your wife or your husband or a parent or or a friend, but let them ask you, is this, is this right? Scott, is what you're feeling right now accurate? Is it true? We need people like that in our life. In the Old Testament, Job had a friend like that. His name was Eliphaz. And, he, and here's what Eliphaz said to Job. Job 15, 11 through 13, is God's comfort too little for you? Is his gentle word not enough? What has taken away your reason? What has weakened your vision that you turned against God and say all these evil things? That's a nice way of saying, hey, come on, man. Job, why have you fallen off the deep end? Why are you getting so bitter? Why aren't you thinking about what you're feeling logically? So I'd ask you, do you have anybody in your life like that that can ask you the tough questions and you not get upset at them? or get mad at him. We need people like that in our life to, to ask, is this even accurate? Is what you're feeling even true? God challenged Elijah, one of his prophets in the Old Testament. Elijah became very discouraged. 
he, he was down, he was depressed, and he started complaining to God. And he started saying, oh, I'm the only one in Israel that's left serving you. And, and so God challenged him, and he challenged what he was feeling. He's like, are you kidding me? I've got all these people still serving me. You know, why are you acting like this, Elijah? What makes you think that you're the only one that knows the right thing to do? And so God challenged his feelings, and he told him, your feelings are not accurate. And the reason Elijah was feeling that way is, yes, he was tired. He was discouraged, but that didn't mean he was the only one that still loved God or was serving God. So we can ask God to challenge what we're feeling, but we can also talk to a trusted friend. Hey, this is what happened. This is what I'm feeling. And let him question you. Again, this is about identifying it so we can deal with it properly and not express that feeling in an incorrect way. Here's something else. Learning number four, another question we can ask, will I achieve what I want to accomplish by feeling this way? In other words, is this feeling helping me or hurting me? Let's say you're irritated with your husband. And I know those of you that are married would never get irritated with your husband, so this is just hypothetical. But let's say you're, you're irritated with your husband. Does nagging work? Does constantly pointing out what he does wrong all the time inspire him to be a better person? No. What does it make us do? It just makes us get defensive. So we got to ask, if I express what I'm feeling right now, is it going to get me ahead? If I express what I'm feeling to my spouse, is it going to take us to these great new heights when it comes to our relationship? And the answer is probably not. Again, if we can identify it, question it, you know, is this even true? And if we can hold off expressing it right away, we're going to be a lot better off, right, until we fully learn how to manage it. If you've got that down, you know what else we can do? Instead of expressing that feeling that we're feeling, we can express the correct feeling. We can actually change what we want to express. And that's the whole goal, so that that unwanted or, or that incorrect feeling doesn't come out. And the reason we have to work towards changing that feeling or expressing the correct feeling is because a lot of what we feel about ourselves, a lot of what we feel about other people is often inaccurate, and it causes so much damage. Our feelings towards others can be incredibly hurtful to them. Philippians 2.5 says, you must each have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Our attitude, if we have to have the same attitude that Christ had, our attitude includes our emotions, doesn't it? It includes our feelings, and, and, and that has to be the same as Jesus. So we can ask, you, you remember the old, you know, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus feel is what we could ask. It, would Jesus feel the way that I'm feeling right now? Would Jesus get irritated at the store clerk? No. Would Jesus be full of worry and anxiety? No. Would Jesus be full of fear? No. Would Jesus yell at the person driving too slow in the passing lane? 
Yes. <laughs> At least that's what I tell myself when I get irritated, right? Even Jesus wouldn't yell at the person who's clearly violating the rules of the road, what we've all established, right? So we should ask, you know, would he feel this way? And then if he wouldn't, just dismissing that feeling is not going to make us more like Jesus, right? It says our attitude has to be the same as Jesus. So if I'm feeling an emotion that's not healthy, if I have clearly identified it, I got to go back and change the attitude that caused it, right? To prevent it, you know, in the future. We have to drop the attitude behind the incorrect feeling that we've had. Something else we can do at times is whatever emotions we're feeling, we could use them for good. We can turn them into something positive instead of something negative. Let's say you've had uh, an injustice in your life. Something terrible has been, been done to you, something unfair has happened to you. Your natural reaction is, at first is going to be anger. Right? I, I just want to get even. And, and that's, that's normal. That's natural. But is that anger, we've got to ask that question, is that anger going to get us to where we want to be? Is that anger going to help us? And in, in, in the long term, it's not. So the answer is probably not. But could we use that anger towards whatever injustice happened in our life for good? right? So we can help somebody else. We can go after that injustice so that nobody has to experience that injustice that we went through. If we always use the feeling of anger for revenge or to get back at someone, that's never healthy, right? But if we could turn it and use it for good, that's righteous anger. That's okay. Even God gets angry, right? You know, God gets angry at sin. He gets angry at injustice and, and wrongdoing. He gets angry at evil. So with sometimes we can take whatever emotion or feeling we have and we can turn it and we can use it for good. We can channel it in a positive way. Maybe you've been in so much pain, feeling so much pain because of what's happened to you, you haven't been able to talk about it. Again, to, to manage it properly. That feeling of pain, you got to figure out the source, you got to question it, challenge it. Is it even true? But then, even if it is, you can change that pain and use it for good. Some people's greatest ministry in the body of Christ is they use their pain, right? God never wastes our pain, and people often use that to help somebody else that's going through what they went through. Think about it like this, who better to help someone who's dealing with cancer than somebody who's already been through it? Nobody better, right? Or, or who better to help someone that has lost a loved one than someone who's already been through that? Or somebody that's going through a divorce, who better to help them than somebody who's already been through a divorce? Often that pain can be used for good. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're, you're still thinking about the certain feelings that you have that you don't think you'll be able to control. You won't be able to, you know, challenge. You won't be able to ask, if, is it true? You, you certainly won't be able to change. Maybe, maybe you deal with, with anger. 
It's like, yeah, this, this is great, what you're talking about. I don't see it. I haven't been able to control it all my life. Or maybe you get full of worry when it comes to your children and, and your family. You're like, I, you know, I can, I can handle a lot of my feelings, Scott, but this one I, I can't. Or fear, whatever it may be. What do we do about those feelings that we still think we're not going to be able to handle? And it doesn't matter if it's ones we think we're going to be able to handle or not. All of them, we have to rely on God. We really do. Look at Zechariah 4.6. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. That goes for a lot of things in our life. We're not going to be able to change our feelings by our own willpower. Oh, I'm just going to change this, right? We have to do it through the Lord's strength. In other words, through the Lord's Spirit. So every day we should ask, hey, God, you know what? Fill me with your Spirit. We don't want to try to take on anything in life without God directing us, especially when it comes to our feelings that we know our enemy is going to manipulate and use against us. So when we ask God to fill us with his spirit, what are we going to produce? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I mean, that's some pretty good stuff. And, and I think we did a series on this maybe six years ago, seven years ago. We'll, do, we'll talk about these sometime in the future. But I want you to focus in on self-control. The more we allow God to control our minds, the more we allow God to control our feelings, again, so we don't go to either one of those extremes, the more self-control that you and I are going to have in life and we'll be able to properly handle and respond to whatever it is that we're feeling. And so if, if I'm thinking, well, I still, can't, I still can't control my anger, then I have to ask myself, well, how much control am I truly giving to God of my life? Make sense? Whatever is inside of us is going to come out eventually, right? Especially when we're under pressure. Whatever's on the inside is going to come out. So we have to find that happy medium between our emotions and then learning to manage them, especially when it comes to what we say. Have you ever noticed we'll, we'll start to feel something and then it just instantly translates into words out of our mouths, right? Proverbs 13.3 says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. I probably could have started with that verse and we'd have been done a lot earlier, right? But it's so true. But when we give God control, we ask him to fill us with his spirit and control what we say, we're going to be able to manage better whatever it is that we're feeling. If we don't instantly react, we're going to have time to figure out exactly what it is that we're feeling then we can challenge it. Then we can, you know, ask if it's really true and is it really helpful. And then we can even change that feeling to the proper one that we want to express, especially the people that we love the most. Again, this is about finding that happy balance. 
between the two extremes that we tend to lean towards, ultimately allowing God to guide us, not just how we feel. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that you give us emotions. You made us emotional beings. You give us feelings. Lord, we want to not go to either one of those extremes. You gave us both a mind and emotion, and we want to be somewhere in between so that we learn with your guidance how to manage those things well. Lord, help us to build our lives on your truth, not what we feel in any given moment, but what does your word say? What does your truth tell us? Because, Lord, ultimately, we, we just want to please you. We want you to be Lord over our minds and our emotions. Help us each to practice this week what we've learned. As soon as we are feeling something, to clearly identify it and then to challenge it, to see if it's even accurate. And if it's not the right thing that's going to get us to where we want to be, to change it. Lord, and you challenge our feelings as well, just like you did for Elijah. Tell us when we're off base. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. Thank you for what you continue to do in and through our lives. Amen. As we're finishing up, just a couple of real quick things. Uh, first of all, if you came uh, and you're worshiping through generosity, best way to do that is through our website or the black boxes in the back. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Group signups are going on right now. So we do groups three times a year here at the church, you know, spring, summer, and fall, or I guess winter, summer, and fall. But um, those groups last anywhere between four and eight weeks. Some of them may go nine weeks. Um, some groups are shorter than that, but we encourage you to check those groups out on our website. Get involved in a group. It's a great way to get connected at a smaller level with a small group of people as the church continues uh, to grow larger on Sundays. You look at the book of Acts, and that's how they met, right? The first church, they met in large group worship in the temple courts, but then they met in house to house as well. So I want to encourage you to check those out uh, when you go home today. Grab a friend, come back and see us next week. I hope you have a terrific Sunday afternoon. Thanks for being here.